Many of us have enjoyed slurping a hot bowl of ramen at least once, but how much do we know about the history of this popular noodle? NYU professor George Solt stopped by to talk with us about his recent book, The Untold History of Ramen, How Political Crisis in Japan Spawned a Global Food Craze. I'm George Solt. I teach uh, modern Japanese history at NYU for the history department and, uh, and East Asian studies. Um, I cross-list my courses. Um, I teach four main courses, uh, Japan and World War II in Asia, um, the Japanese colonial empire, uh, post-war Japan, and the history of U.S.-Japan relations. And then I have a regular modern Japan course for everybody. But um, yeah, those are the main courses I teach. Great. And can you talk a little bit about how you became interested in the history of ramen? Because I guess it does kind of tie into you know what you're teaching. Sure. Yeah, I was born in Japan and I lived there till I was uh, ten. And uh, there was a ramen boom going on when I was a child. So everyone around me was talking about ramen, writing about ramen, eating ramen. And my cousins, who were a little bit older than me, used to take me to these shops um, at night. And it was kind of the most interesting part of growing up was going to these ramen shops at night um, as a kid in Japan. So um, when I started getting into Japanese history, I wanted to find a way to write about this topic uh, seriously, if possible, and connect it to my own experience uh, eating ramen as a kid. There's a great history behind the ramen noodle. Can you give us sort of an abbreviated history? Sure. Um, Well, it's a food from China that comes in with uh, Japan's increased interaction with the outside world that comes in the late 19th century. And uh, Chinese workers are the ones that introduce the food. But soon after, uh, and it comes in the 1870s, but soon after it gets taken up by Japanese um, workers and pushcart vendors. And around the 1900s, 1910s, it becomes a favorite among Japanese urban uh, industrial workers. And really the the big kind of surge in ramen um, eating happens after the war when there's a shortage of rice and there's a, um, a big influx of American wheat that comes in, which takes the form of wheat flour and then becomes uh, ramen noodles um, for a lot of Japanese who are hungry and, and in a serious condition of um, need and starvation. So that's when you get uh, the use of wheat as a substitute staple for rice in Japan and you have um, the wheat flour becoming an important emergency food. So that's when you have a big surge in uh, ramen consumption and then after that you have a lot more wheat being consumed because of the strong relationship with America and American agricultural exports. Uh, So that's when you have another boom in ramen consumption. And then I also studied the 1980s and 90s when it becomes seen as like a a national uh, cultural uh, symbol mm-hmm. and that's really the, the short version of the history that I tried to tell. Great. And how did you go about researching it? Did you find that there were a lot of resources out there or was yeah. it a lot of... So this is actually a topic that's been pretty well studied since the 80s in Japan. So there are a lot of books about uh, the history of the food, um, how the food is connected to bigger economic changes in Japan how uh, the food can be seen as a symbol of cultural difference and change. Um, Anyway, there's a lot of books on ramen, so if you read these books, you get some ideas about how to um, tell the story to a different audience using English. So it wasn't a big stretch to to find the documents at all, actually. And what was was one of the most interesting things you learned about ramen while doing your research, or something that you'd never even thought of? Um, Just how much it's seen as a food of opposition. So whenever, um, so you can always see it kind of uh, 
juxtaposed to something else. So in the 80s, when uh, French and Italian food and kind of gourmet cuisine are very popular, you have ramen representing kind of the Japanese working man's antidote to a uh, very kind of elite cuisine. And in the 60s, um, also when you have, I don't know, the Japanese middle-class nuclear family becoming uh, more familiarized with uh, restaurant dining and American-style restaurant dining, ramen is again um, the the juxtaposition, the, the, the food of the working man who's not interested in becoming part of the American kind of middle-class nuclear mm-hmm. family model. And also in the earlier period when uh, European foods are coming in in, in uh, rapid rates and everybody's interested in adopting French and uh, American food practices, ramen becomes kind of the the symbolic counterweight as the Chinese food that's uh, very Asian and kind of Eastern or something different from what's um, very popular among the elite. So there's always this idea that ramen represents something um, contrary to what the, the, the general society is embracing at the time on a political level, maybe. I don't know, that's something I try to say, but it may be a stretch, I'm not sure. Right. It seems like every day I read that there's a new ramen place opening up in this you know, yes. in New York City. It's do you amazing. think that? What do you think the future holds for ramen noodles? I hope it keeps spreading and becomes more popular, and people understand why it really took off in Japan as such a favorite, mm-hmm. loved food among uh, young people, especially, but also among just people who are looking for really good kind of food that's kind of handcrafted and and small independent independently created but affordable because the whole idea of Japanese kind of independently crafted handmade food is that it's not affordable and that it's usually out of reach of most normal people but um but ramen is different ramen's not especially in Japan it's about half the price of what it is here so it's become something else here I guess but it's still affordable it's still within range of something you could enjoy in a an evening with a friend and um and it's good it's handmade it's it's made with a lot of work and right. and care so um yeah, I hope it keeps spreading and it becomes more varied and um, exciting because that's what's happening right now. It's a, it's a good thing. Yeah. And there is a ramen museum which you've been to. What, what's yes. that like? It's incredible. It's, uh, it's kind of a theme park. So they recreated downtown Tokyo as it looked in 1958 with phone booths, movie theaters, coffee shops, um, even a, a replica train station. They have everything there to make you feel like you're in Tokyo downtown in 1958 and then there's nine ramen shops that are actually branch shops of famous stores from around the country and they rotate these shops according to um, how popular they are every few years so you always get the best most popular shops and there's a gift shop of course where you can buy the the famous shops um, kind of instant version or reconstitutable version so Mm -hmm. uh, between the gift shop the actual ramen stores and uh, 1958 Tokyo setting. It's it's quite a theme park, museum, um, food court like experience. It's <laughs> everything in one. So um, it does cost, I think, 350 yen or some small admission fee to get in. So right. it's not just um, a place you go to eat, but it's it's fun. It's worth the time. It's in Yokohama, so it's about an hour outside of Tokyo. Huh. So now that you've covered ramen, uh-huh. is, do you have an idea for uh, the next? Yeah, book, this or? sounds almost too ridiculous to be true but it's curry i'm getting into japanese style curry rice and the history of curry rice in japan and um yeah the indian version versus the british version there's kind of interesting history of how japanese have adopted curry and connected to the politics of kind of japanese indian friendship because this is one of the 
areas of kind of Japanese diplomacy that doesn't get too much attention either. Japan's relationship with um, kind of East Asian countries, which has been very troubled and historically um, not always friendly, um, usually takes center stage when we think about Japanese kind of history and diplomacy. But Japan has a great relationship with India, and um, I can try to tell the story through food again. So I'm mm -hmm. trying to say Japanese-Indian relations and kind of the history of Indian food in Japan can all be connected to something that says a different story about Japan than what we're used to hearing. Hmm. Well, thanks so much for coming. Oh, thank you. This for was coming fun. in and speak with us.